Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Live Your Raw Life podcast. Welcome to the platform where the intention is to help you live your rich, authentically aligned, wholesome life. I'm your host, Rachel Ann Watkins. Together, let's raise our vibrations and awareness in order for you to live the raw life that was meant for you. Welcome back to the Live Your Raw Life podcast. I am curious how last week's challenge went for you. I would love to hear where in your life you asked for help. Who ended up helping you? How did it go? If you did not have an opportunity for this last week, perhaps this week you will. Just keep me posted. It is incredible how it makes other people feel when we are comfortable enough to go to them for help. Along with boosting their mood and confidence, they were able to be of service, and that just makes a person feel good. This is not only about helping yourself, but also about helping others in the process. As I talked about last week, we are all interconnected. Right now, I am sitting in my living room going on day 14 of the coronavirus quarantine, My boys and I have been continuing to pluck away at our puzzle and getting outside with our dog as much as possible. Last week, before we went into shelter in place here in Colorado, we took our hammocks and our slack line and we brought them outside to the nearby green space. We played frisbee and football, and I am continuing to get a crash course in technology as I'm preparing to teach remotely starting next week. My husband and the boys' dad is still up in the mountains for work and we're hoping that within the next week he'll be able to make his way back home for even a day or so and kind of just reconnect that would be amazing in today's episode we are going to begin to break down the physical health component of the wellness wheel because there is so much to talk about in this component I'm going to be breaking it down into a five-part series. So this is part one of a five-part series. Physical health encompasses so much and is often where things can feel really overwhelming. Therefore, I want to break it down into simple, more manageable sections. To start, we will begin by discussing the physical activity aspect of this component. My biggest advice with this is start small. They say, you eat an elephant one bite at a time. The same here, one step at a time. Just to give you a little background with me and my connection to physical activity, it has been at my core since I can remember. From a very, very young age, I have loved to be active. When I was at my mom's house, my parents are divorced, and so when I was living with my mom, We had tons of apple trees that I would climb all the time. We lived out on the farm and I would run around and in the winter when the snow would fly, we had this row of evergreen trees that the snow would naturally just drift into like five to six in my mind. Of course, it's like 50, but I know it's only probably five to six um, forts that just naturally developed and I would go in and bolster those and make those as large as possible. When I would go visit my dad, he also lived on a farm and I was super lucky to have a horse at his house that I could go and ride anytime I want. And this horse was amazing. I loved him so much. His name was Fat Horse. Um, He was at one point called 
king. And then he kind of developed into this lazy bum, which I loved and was perfect for a little kid to put a halter on and ride bareback around the farm. He was amazing. And so I would ride my horse. Also on my dad's farm, I would help with the daily chores. We had to get hay for the cows and we had to clean the barns and anything my dad could pretty much think about that I could do is something that I went and did and I loved it. I also was a huge fan of Mary Lou Retton, which, oh my gosh, I think I'm aging and dating myself there, but that's cool. Um, Anyway, I did all of these things on my own accord. The clearest memories that I have of my love for physical activity really, really started when I was in fourth grade. That was the year that I quickly realized that if I was involved in sports, my social connections were extremely high. If anybody wants to put a label on me, I am a very social extrovert. And so the combination of being active and being with my friends was a huge win-win for me. From fourth grade through my junior year of high school, I was a two to three sport athlete and I loved every minute of it. It made me feel so good to know that I was, air quotes here, taking care of my body. I say air quotes because in my younger years, taking care of my body meant that I just stayed thin, not necessarily healthy. And we're going to chat more about that in episodes to come. Because of the positive experiences that I had with being active, it really stuck with me into adulthood. When I turned 18, I moved out on my own, moving from southern Minnesota to Laramie, Wyoming. Every time I tell people that, they're like, why Laramie? Well, my dream was to live in Colorado, and I was moving out on my own. I didn't know anybody. I had no idea really where I was going to end up. I just knew that I needed to move west. And I needed to get out of Minnesota for just a little bit. So as I kind of did some research, it was super expensive to live in Colorado on my own. And so therefore could not afford that with what I had saved up. And so I moved to Laramie, which was closest to Colorado without being in Colorado and super affordable. When I moved there, I would go for runs outside of my apartment. I had kind of lived on the outside of town and so I had a lot of space that I could just go and kind of hit the road and run for a nice long while and get in my exercise that way. And then of course with all the beautiful nature that was surrounding me, I definitely did a ton of exploring as the outdoors is another huge passion of mine. Don't get me wrong, there have been many times in my life where physical activity has taken a back seat. For example, when I was 19, I moved from Laramie to Eugene, Oregon. (laughs) This was a huge shift and a major change. It ended up being a two-year span where physical activity was nearly non-existent in my life. It was not pretty. And honestly, looking back, I can see the toll that it took not only on my body, but also on my mind. Nonetheless, physical activity and I always seem to find our way back to each other because it just makes me feel good. There was a very significant time in my journey when physical activity actually saved me. So here's what went down. All right. It all happened after I had my second son, CJ. I had lost the feeling in my right leg after giving birth. I tried really, really hard with both of my boys to have a natural birth, but in the end, I ended up having an epidural with both of them. 
During labor with CJ, the anesthesiologist was inserting the needle, and I remember saying, ow, my back. Then, after two and a half hours, yes, 150 minutes, I love him dearly, of pushing, Cooper was finally born. It was about an hour after they moved me into a recovery room when the nurse came in and asked me to stand up and that I told me I needed to go use the restroom. I told her that I was not able to feel my right leg and was nervous to get up and try and walk. And she acted like, okay, it's a little strange, but it just maybe is taking a little bit longer for the medication to wear off. So she left and returned in about 30 minutes. When she returned, there was no change. In fact, I had to have her help me get into a wheelchair in order to get to the restroom. The next day, there was just a slight change, and I could then at that point use a walker to get around and to and from to the restroom and and whatnot. They ran all sorts of tests on me, MRIs, CAT scans, and the doctors found nothing, not one reason why I was experiencing this pain. It was a nightmare. I was 30 years old, I had two young boys, and I was a physical education teacher and was using a walker. What in the actual fuck? When I was discharged from the hospital, I was to the point of using a cane, so it felt like progress. However, once I got home, everything seemed to just stall out. At the time, the house that we owned was a story and a half, with our bedroom in the half story. So due to not having the full feeling of my leg and the fact that it would just randomly give out on me, we set up a mattress in the baby's room so I could feed him in the middle of the night and just stay on one level of the house for the entire day. If I did need to go down the stairs, I had to sit down and go down on my butt. It was so frustrating, embarrassing, and a struggle at a time that should have been filled with so much joy and happiness. As weeks passed, I tried all sorts of treatments. Chiropractors, massages, acupressure, Reiki, you name it. Due to just having a baby and not cleared for physical activity, it did feel like I was a little limited. None of these things that I was doing seemed to be working. And so it was just really frustrating. I swore to myself that when I was cleared, I was going to overcome this bullshit. I was going to be stronger than ever on the other side of this. When I went in for my six-week postpartum appointment and was finally cleared to resume physical activity, I was ecstatic. I started slow for about the first month. Then I jumped in hard and fast. I purchased the Beachbody P90X program. And if any of you have done this, you know how hard those workouts are. But I made a promise to myself, God damn it. And I did not miss a single workout. After the two month program, I felt strong. My leg no longer gave out on me and I feel like I could take on the world. And I'd be damned if I was going to take the ability to move my body how I chose for granted ever again. This newfound strength and determination led me into the start of my running career. I got this wild hair up my ass that I wanted to run in a race. So my husband Isaac and I registered for our first 5k. It was a Thanksgiving turkey trot in the town of Becker, Minnesota, where I was currently a teacher. That day that I ran that race, I was full of like nerves and excitement all at the same time and just 
unsure of what this race situation all looked like and what it all entailed. But during and after that race, I bawled. I just had all of these thoughts swirling in my head. Six months ago, I was using a fucking wheelchair and now I'm running 3.1 miles. It feels so good. Like I am being a positive role model for my children and of course my students here at school. So it was super emotional. It was very exciting. It was a very proud moment for myself. I know a lot of people are into ultra marathons and Ironmans and all sorts of activities where they really are pushing their bodies to the limit. But for where I was at that moment, that was a lot. And it was something to be proud of. And anybody that does maybe runs a mile or whatever, be proud of that. My first race was complete. I felt like a million bucks. Super proud. Within a year's time, my husband and I ran multiple 5Ks, 10Ks, and three half marathons. With each race, my time got better, and I just kept feeling good. My mood enhanced. My physical strength was increasing and improving on a regular basis. I kind of felt like I was on top of the world. However, despite having my strength back and feeling good, there was always a slight pain in my right hip. It was dull a little obnoxious, but I just always pushed past it. I did know at some point I was going to have to take care of that. I'll fill you in on that story in a different episode. Now, today, I am in my 40s, finally living in my dream state where I stay active and we ski and we go hiking. I'm constantly doing yoga, taking up trail running. I love paddleboarding, just riding my cruiser around town, finding new workouts online. I just need to move my body every day. An important takeaway from this is when you set your mind to something, it becomes your reality. I could have easily said, okay, this is my new norm. I will forever walk with a cane. I am going to live in pain for the rest of my life. And this is my quality of life. It's not going to get any better than this. But I didn't. The biggest reason that I am sharing this story with you is in the hopes that you truly understand that when we rewire our thoughts, we rewire our life. I am a podcast lover, which is one of the reasons that prompted me to start a podcast of my own. I feel like stories really can connect people and the more we share, the more we're connected. And so in listening to a variety of podcasts, I started listening to the Rich Roll podcast. Highly, highly recommend his podcast. He has amazing guests on there and just really carries a thread that feels intertwined with who I am at my core as well. And so there's a lot of pieces that he has on there that I really, really love. So anyway, I digress. I was listening to this woman who he had on the podcast by the name of Kelly McGonigal. She said, and I quote, movement is how your brain knows that you are alive and engaged in life. When you move on a regular basis, your brain basically says, I guess we have to be the best version of ourselves because we are in this thing called life. It's something you can choose to do to really powerfully influence your mental health and your resilience. Every time you move, you are doing that. There is a form of movement for everyone, end quote. This was so beautifully put for me. I had to stop on my walk and jot it down in my notes on my phone because I knew this was going to come back and it was really important. And if I ever got lost 
in my movement journey, I needed to revisit this and remember that because what she says in here is when we're moving our body, it stimulates so many things in our brain, so many chemicals in our brain and in our body that we just want more and we keep doing it. In another episode of the Ritual Podcast, he had Mark Manson on the show, and he is the author of The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. Amazing book. If you haven't read it yet, I highly recommend that too. But he said, and I quote, not working out is an emotional thing. When we transition into a new space, our inner critic gets louder. But we need to remind ourselves that we are learning the new energetic space we are moving into, end quote. That brings us back to rewiring our thoughts rewires your life. When we start to do something, our inner critic, that voice inside our head that says you fucking suck and you can't do this and you're never going to be good at it, starts to get a little bit louder, but it's because our mind is creating new connections and new circuits that if we stick with it, will eventually allow that to be part of our new normal. So keep going and keep at it. If this sparks something in you, I will include those links in the podcast show notes. If you prefer to read, I have a couple great books on this topic as well. The first is Spark by Dr. John Rady. And in this book, he does an amazing and wonderful job of breaking down what physical movement does to each aspect of our physical body. This book is so good and really sparked a new love for movement for me. And so now I own three copies. There's also a book by the woman that was in the Ritual podcast, Kelly McGonigal, and her book is called The Joy of Movement. I will include links to both of those in the show notes as well. My challenge for you this week is to start moving. That in and of itself can feel overwhelming. So just start small. Here's some questions you can ask yourself if you are not feeling especially motivated at the current moment in time. First, what is one thing I can do today to move my body? Is it going for a nice long walk? Is it turning on your favorite song and just letting it all go and dance it out? Is it doing some push-ups? Is it maybe committing to 30 minutes of yoga? Another question is, is there something that I used to do that I loved and it has fallen by the wayside just because of life? If this is the case for you, pick that one thing back up for this week. Is there a certain type of movement that I have always wanted to try but just never felt comfortable or confident enough to do that? I know when I think of like these Zumba classes or pretty much any class where I have to keep and maintain a rhythm, I avoid them like the plague. Maybe now that you're in the privacy of your own home, that excuse really no longer works because it's just you. You can go hide in a room, you can turn on a video and give it a try. So maybe it's a certain kind of dance or maybe it is yoga because you were like, well, I just don't, I know I'm not going to look pretty in those postures. And so now here's a beautiful opportunity for you to try those things. My biggest piece of advice with this is to just start small. Listen to what your body is saying about how you feel during and then after you complete that physical activity. And for the rest of the day, just tell yourself that you kicked ass. Tell yourself that you cannot wait to do that again tomorrow. Or maybe tomorrow you're going to try something new. Just be gentle with yourself. Practice positive self-affirmations. Be kind to yourself. Laugh at yourself. All while moving your body. Nonetheless, 
just have some fucking fun. I'd love to hear what physical activity you started, maybe what new workout or movement you're bringing into your day. Please reach out to me through Instagram or my email or through the Live Your Raw Life website. I will include all of these links in the show notes as well. Thank you for tuning in to this week's podcast. Thank you for your time, energy, and presence. I am grateful for you and your motivation to improve your quality of life. Heal yourself. Heal the world. It's always an adventure adventure awaits. If something in this episode resonated with you, please subscribe. I will be back with you next week, Thursday, for the second part of this five-part series where we will talk about nutrition and lifestyle eating. Sending light, love, and positive energy your way. We'll see you next week. 